It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. The only thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> And welcome to the 4th Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 357 of the Big Show. Some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? A little late Sunday getting out here to you, but we're here. I think most of you probably listen Monday morning on the commute to work or sitting in your cubicle. Like I said, eating your, eating your, uh, eating your noodles and your cheese sandwich, you know. Trying to avoid Dennis, you know, as he's going to talk to you about his cat. Phyllis is going to talk to you about her, her cat's rash. You know, Dennis will be talking about playing bingo with his mom on Saturday night. Yeah. So put on the headphones. Hopefully they're Raycons. Put the earbuds in. Promo code THPN. Uh, put those in and uh, close your eyes and listen to the sights and sounds as they fly through the air. That's right, folks. Listen to the voice here. We're going to go from left to right on your radio dial. Here we go. Wow, I hope everybody tuned in uh, on Wednesday. Of course, I had Richard Peacock on the show, and that was a lot of fun to talk to, talk to him. And and uh, yeah, wild story. And uh, I hope and I know uh, I want to thank Richard again for coming on the show. I know I've gotten a lot of um, a lot of feedback about the episode, a lot of all positive, and uh, I'm glad uh, he 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 came on the show and shared his story and. Um, you know, I hope he, he continues, uh, yeah, never mind my phone as we're, you know, talk amongst yourselves here. Is that unprofessional? Should I have shut my phone off during the converse, during the recording? You would think so. A professional would. Fortunately, or unfortunately, you don't get that here. The professionalism is lacking. Speaking of unprofessional, we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, but, uh, yeah. How about we get into today's game, or game, well... How about we get into today's uh, topics? Um, well, no. Well, and to finish my thoughts on on Richard Peacock um, again, thank you, Richard, for coming on the show. Um, I hope his uh, you know was his battle. Um, of course, he was uh, you know paralyzed in the snowmobile accident, and I hope he uh, you know continues to fight and make progress. And 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 uh, yeah. Uh, listen, listen to the episode and you'll, you'll hear all about it, but, uh, yeah, fun, uh, fun talk to got some crazy stories from him and, uh, he's an interesting character and, uh, he was a lot of fun to talk to and, and, uh, I'm, uh, again, thankful he could come on the show. So, um, okay. Well, in saying that, I mean, I guess this is the week, right? This is leading up. This is Super Bowl week. Oh, you're going to, believe me, you're going to hear a DraftKings commercial coming up here about, I have to do an ad read, I haven't looked at it yet, but it's going to be about the Super Bowl. Uh, that'll be, I'll, I'll sprinkle that in somewhere, probably before the list. List? List? I got Tim's attention. Um, yes. You know, oh, we could, so all week I can hear the crying, I can't, about Taylor Swift. I, I have no idea what, uh, 
who gives a shit? I, I don't understand. Like, are they showing her during the play? Like, no. So I don't know why anybody cares, but I don't know. I had a guy at work just ranting to me about it. And I was like, what do you give a shit for? And then he goes, I'm like, why are you a Swifty, bro? I'm like, I couldn't name you one of her songs, but I just don't know why anyone would care. I mean, well, did you watch the game? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, they, well, they showed her. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, well. I don't know. I, I was probably busy looking at my phone or something. I don't, I really wasn't that in, all that interested. So I don't know. I, 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 who would have thought, uh, they could, it could trigger such a reaction. <laughs> oh, whatever. Okay. Anyway, well, we won't talk about Taylor. <laughs> we, that, that'll be, well, hey, she's everywhere, right? So I figured I'd stick her into the podcast too. I'd have to mention her. There's no escaping Taylor Swift, damn it. Uh, but, uh, well, folks, what do we got here? Of course, you know what that sound is. Hockey cards. You're like, is that all you do is go to Dollarama? Yes, it is. I'm actually almost at Dollarama every day because it's actually on my route. And, uh, it's, I always say it's the cheap, it's the cheapest drinks in town. They're like a dollar, right? So, of course, I go there and grab my drinks, grab my, uh, my Slim Jim, maybe it's a bag of hickory sticks. And some hockey cards, and uh, that is my that is my day. It's it, it's a tough job, but someone has to do it. And I'm going to bring you. And actually, it was cool when I opened up this opened it up here because again, for those that the uneducated here, that they come in surprise bags. So you don't know, but you got to feel around, pick the thinnest bag, and you'll get a hockey card back. A lot of the times lately, you're getting Swedish cards, which is a little annoying. But every once in a while, you'll hit a good one. And actually, this one is 1994. Don Russ, I have, uh, I don't think I've ever opened a pack of 1990, even in 1994, I didn't open up a pack of Don Russ, so that's cool, I have that, and then the other package I have is the uh, 1991-92 Series 1 Pro Set, there we go, so two packs of hockey cards will open up here shortly, um, also, Daniel Amesbury made his debut in Fort Wayne today, uh, his East Coast Hockey League debut, and uh, and what a debut. We'll talk about that. Um, Alex Gallant hits a, hits a, a milestone, and Nikita Kucherov doesn't give a shit and basically just pisses all over the NHL and its fans. So we'll talk about that, and then we'll round up the episode or round out the episode. A top 10 list, toughest small men in the NHL history. So, I don't know, like I always say with these lists, I did not look at the list beforehand. Um, it was It's sent to me, like I said, I have a file full of lists from a couple of the guys that send me stuff, and uh, I just open it up when I need one, and uh, away we go. So, we will. Uh, I will be discovering the list with you guys, so we'll see how that goes. You know, I'm thinking in my head, yeah, I got a few names that I think should be on that list, so we'll see, we'll see how they match up, but... Uh, First, I got to talk, uh, as I said, remember the Hockey Podcast Network. There's over 100 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. Uh, I'm on the original content creator side along with uh, Terry Ryan, uh, Jolton Joel Lazito of the Coliseum Chronicles, Alec at the Five for Fighting Podcast, Jordan at Five in a Game. And uh, yeah, we're all over in the corner and uh, they stick us in the corner, you know, and, uh, you know, with the lights off. Yeah, don't talk to those guys. But uh, Jolton Joe just released, um, well, uh, tomorrow, I believe Monday, he will be releasing part two with his talk with Steve McLaren. Uh, Stone Cold, yes. Uh, episode one was a lot of fun. Uh, cool interview. Uh, one of the baddest minor league dudes ever. And uh, yeah, I suggest uh, checking it out. Joe does a great job. He turns over every stone. There isn't, uh, I mean, you know, you might, uh, you'll know everything about Stone Cold Steve McLaren by the time this interview is done. So, uh, Joe does a great job, very thorough, and, uh, you know, Steve's been a great guest so far, so it's been really cool to listen to. Alec is in the process of moving. He is now in Tennessee in the Smoky Mountains. Yeah, they, I, I believe they've, uh, they've, they've, uh, they've blocked the wheels. The trailer is parked, uh, and some, uh, you know, I don't know, Leahy and them will be around shortly to collect lot fees, but he is, uh, he is now settled into Tennessee. They're starting to unpack. Uh, well, unpack, I mean, he, you know, he, 
uh, untied the garbage bag and poured it out onto the carpet or under the hardwood. So, I mean, that's unpacking, I guess. But uh, he actually texted me. He goes, yeah, I might be able to record tomorrow. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, once again, it's his, uh, it's his bi-monthly uh, episode. So look forward to that. And, uh, but no, I, I kid. Alec does a great job. Um, of course, he's he's kind of really he's he's I always say he's my East Coast Hockey League connection. Of course, he was on here recently. We did kind of a State of the Union address, the halfway mark of the East Coast League, and uh, and Alec is always recording and fight not only recording the fights but fighting with the league about it. But uh, um, I look forward to uh, hearing his episode and again. Great back catalog. I highly recommend checking it out. And also the Five for Fighting, not only podcast, but Five for Fighting YouTube channel. Uh, when his videos are not being taken down, he has some good stuff. So go back and check it out. Um, and then, of course, my boy Jay, old D-Skunk there on YouTube. Check out his channel. He goes back about a decade. He's got old UHL stuff and old I, the old IHL stuff. Not that old IHL. It was the new old IHL. But uh, Frank Littlejohn, uh, Steve McIntyre, Jonathan the Hammer Tromblade when... Uh, the Quad City Flames, because Jay is in Quad City, and now he does the Southern Pro League fights. And uh, actually, if you go to the Quad City Storm on their front page, you have a big shot of uh, the rink from last night. It was like it was their largest attendance ever at a Southern Pro League game. I think it was like seventy six hundred people or something. And it was kind of an over like a obviously from the rafters type picture. And it was Jay's picture that they used. So um, you know he uh, he he went up, he bounded up the stairs. I two at a time I heard and uh till he got to the very back of the arena and uh took the picture and it came out great but um and I hope uh well and I hope Jay's wife is doing well uh at the game the other day she took a puck in the head uh yeah it was heading right for Jay and fortunately he du- he ducked out of the way and pushed her in front of it and uh she took it like a champ apparently and only missed one shift came right back and uh and Jay was excited to get a game used puck out of the deal no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding jay didn't push her in front of it he just ducked <laughs> Uh, actually, Jay sent me a picture last night with the puck. It had a, it was their storm. It's kind of like a, the Quad City Storm is the team. They got their logo is kind of like a tornado dude with a stick, but the tornado had a hard hat on. And, uh, it was union night last night. So I said, oh, well, there you go. We're supporting the brothers. Yes. Union night in the Southern Pro League. Oh, and they have, and they have the biggest crowd of all time in Quad City Storm history. I love it. So, um, oh, the miners. Speaking of the miners. There it was, folks, Sunday afternoon here. Daniel Amesbury suits up for his first game with the Fort Wayne Comets, and what a debut against the Kalamazoo Wings. And uh, his very first shift, he flattened a motherfucker behind the net. Oh, clean, hey, legit clean shot. Glided into him. I don't know what the guy, the guy was looking at his skates, coming around the corner with the puck. Like he's coming behind the net with the puck, the D-man, and Ames, he, he had a guy checking him from behind, but... Didn't see Amesbury coming the other way, and oh, what a shot. And that's your opening debut, first shift with the Comets. So right away, he could already, I mean, at this point, he can get the key to the city, I'm sure. But, uh, and then after that, to the credit, uh, his Chaz something, his name is escaping me, the Kalamazoo captain, uh, next shift out, Amesbury's next shift out, went right after Amesbury and fought him. And apparently the guy's kind of a tougher guy, but... Uh, you know, he's not like a big heavyweight fighter, but hey, he's wearing the C and he did what he's supposed to do. So full props to him. But, uh, you know, hey, he started off strong. Actually, he landed the really good shot on Ainsbury to start, but then, uh, Ainsbury took over and got the left going and that was, that was the end of that. But, uh, uh, but hey, props to the, uh, Kalamazoo captain there for coming in and, uh, taking on Ainsbury. Um, and, but Diamond Hands there is, uh, great debut and apparently the old, uh, the jungle was was rocking in Fort Wayne. They they did an interview with them after. The fans were loving it. And my boy Scott, Scott, you need to come on the show. Stop avoiding it. But um, he had friends that were at. He's down in Fort Wayne, and he had friends that were at the game. And uh, they said that's all that the people are talking about is Amesbury, and they're buzzing. And and he got the he got the place rocking. So I mean, there you go. That's a desired effect, is it not? Um, you know, you bring an energy guy in and right away he's, uh, he's, he's creating it and, uh, good for Daniel Amesbury and, uh, yeah, folks, here it comes as I, I've been promoting it on Wednesday, February 7th. It's the showdown, the war to settle the score. 
The Fort Wayne Comets are in Kansas City to take on the Mavericks, and it's going to be Daniel Amesbury versus Ryan Devine. The two Ice Wars champions are going to clash. I know last week Devine was on a podcast, and he basically called out Amesbury, said, I'm I'm ready to go. Hopefully he's ready to go. So uh, Devine's looking for it. You know, Amesbury's going to be looking for it because he's been 18 games. He's been sitting out on that suspension. So, you know, he's been chomping at the bit. And uh, he'll be ready to rock and roll. And I can't wait for these two to clash. And it's going to be something to see. So, yes, February 7th, uh, Five for Fighting podcast. You'll be following that channel. He'll Because he'll, be have, he'll have that uh, fight clip up. They won't even have the. They won't even have closed the penalty box door yet, and and Alec will have that fight online. I can guarantee that. So, uh, yeah, that'll be something to see. So, but great debut for Daniel Lansbury. Congratulations, and I'm it's I'm pumped to see. Uh, and it was funny of all people. I talked to AJ Galante today. We were texting back and forth, and uh, he was saying, "Yeah, I told I told Daniel you're going to make an impact on your first shift," and he did, and uh, and he's loving it, and I'm loving it, and. Um, you know, and I and I said that, and I was telling AJ, I said, you know why Fort Wayne has been a successful minor league franchise for like what fifty years? It's because of that. They get it, and there's a lot of people whining and crying about them signing Amesbury and oh he's a goon and all the crying and everything else. Like my friend Scott said, down in Fort Wayne, the play the rink was electric. People have been talking about it all week. He comes out and does that, delivers. The place was buzzed like they haven't had for a while. And uh, Fort Wayne has always loved their tough guys. Hell, Stephen Fletcher's numbers up in the rafters. I mean, Fletcher, Kaminsky, Bezo, uh, Morasti was there for a while. On and on throughout. Kaylee Schrock, like guys through history have, have uh, played in Fort Wayne. Sean Penn, uh, you know, Rep Tremblay, on and on. And uh, they've always loved their tough guys. And... Um, well, Connie Mad Dog Madigan, that's how far it goes back. And, uh, yeah, and Amesbury's just, now I'm not, you know, it's one game, but I mean, as long, if they keep him up all year, Amesbury's gonna do that all year. So, um, and it's just another list, of, and it's just, it's the minors, man. I mean, and you get the people buzzing, and, uh, you know, love him or hate him. I know there's been a lot of talk online here in the last little while with Amesbury, um, uh, you know, it's a polarizing character. And like I, I talked about this in the other episode, it was kind of actually, you know, a little disheartening when I see former tough guys and stuff or fight fans shitting on the guy. And it's kind of like, you know, I mean, at the same time, it's like, okay, but it's like, you know, what's he doing that you didn't do 20 years earlier, right? I mean, it just stands out more now because people don't do it that much anymore. But he would have fit right in with you guys 20 years ago. But now you're online crying about him. So it was a little, you know, kind of eye-rolling, but... Um, you know, and it's, it's other people calling him the baddest man at hockey. I don't re, I don't remember Daniel Lainsbury coming out and say, I'm the baddest man in hockey. I mean, maybe he did say it, but I never heard him say it. And, uh, that's what others have said. So, I mean, I mean, guys promoting himself, trying to build a brand, you know, him and AJ have the, the talk and trash podcast and, and everything else. And, uh, you know, the Danbury people put him on, had the mic'd up videos, of course, of Ice Wars and Rough and Rowdy. Yeah, he's put himself out there and he makes the name for himself and he doesn't hide what he is. And he really pumps up the bad guy type image. But, um, yeah, if you're a fight fan, I don't, again, I don't, why, why would you not like that? I don't understand. I don't, I mean, whatever. And like I said, I've had him on the show. If you want to go back and you're like, oh, I don't really know who Daniel Lainsbury is. Well, I can't remember what episode it is, but go back. I do a whole interview with him. And we talk about his career from the beginning to the end. So, I mean, you know, you can learn for, you can learn who he is. Um, I don't know. Like, I met him a bunch of times there at Ice Wars. Had him on the show. He's always been he's always been cool with me. So, I got nothing bad to say about the guy. In, in person, he was fine with me. Talked, I talked to him for a long time. And he was... You know, I got nothing bad to say about the guy. Um, so, I don't know. I'm just loving it, man. And I hope he, I hope he continues to find success in Fort Wayne. And uh, we get some fights. And I hope, I want to see him and Divine go just like everyone else. And uh, may the best man, I'm not, you know, either guy. I, you know, I don't want to see anyone get hurt. But, you know, I'm hoping for a good, a good solid bout. And, you know, there we go. Just, so we'll, we'll see what happens. But Wednesday, February 7th. In Kansas City, let's get at her. Um, in other news, Alex Gallant. 
Love it. Alex Gallant, tremendous. Him, Brett Gallant, I'm a huge fan of both of them. Recorded his 1,000th American Hockey League penalty minute on uh, Saturday night. So, uh, playing for Calgary, the Wranglers. Oh, could the Flames call this guy up already? Give him a boy, give him a game at least. Like, come on. Like he hasn't earned it. But again, all the way from the Southern Pro League up to the American League. Unbelievable battles. Undersized guys. Speaking of small guys, uh, you know, what, what's he? About six feet? You know, 5'11", five, five, maybe 190, but just stands in the pocket and bangs, just like his brother Brett, um, you know, who again, he came back and played with Laval in the LNAH the other day, and he is he is planning on coming, uh, actually should be this weekend coming up, uh, look to see Brett Gallant back in the lineup in Laval, and uh, yeah, it's uh, the Gallant boys, man, That uh, they don't get much tougher than that family, so... Uh, for a thousand penalty minutes, of the American Hockey League. Congratulations to Alec, and uh, you know uh, I'm just glad he's up in the American League and um, getting you know getting a decent payday. And uh, hopefully the Flames come to their senses at some point. We could see a gl- the next uh, he could take a spin with the Calgary Flames. And uh, if I would say if Alex, this isn't just me, you know. You know, uh, get uh, exaggerating or anything, but uh, I think if Alex Gallant, I just say the Flames call him up and he plays the rest of the season in Calgary. I would he not be the toughest guy in the NHL? I mean, who's beating Alex, Alex Gallant in a fight? Really? I mean. I think he could, you know, he would instantly climb, like, he'd instantly be in the rankings for sure. Like, I mean, Reeves and Luch, like those, Reeves, I was about to say Lucic, but Reeves and like, like, Delorier and, you know, well, who, who else are all these big fighters in the NHL? I don't know, but like, are they take, are they going to like, oh, they're going to kick the shit out of Alex Gallant? No, they won't. Um. Now my oh Alex Gallant's gonna knock everyone out. No, but he'd immediately jump into that into that conversation. I, I have no doubt about that. But uh, no, it'd be fun to see, and I hope it happens. And uh, you know, at least for at least get a game, get in the record book, and say you did it. And uh, that'd be cool. I I really hope the Flames do that. But uh, yeah, Alex Gallant, thousand penalty minutes. There we go. And, uh, oh, hey, yep, yeah, here I am yapping. I said the first thing I'm going to do is open these hockey cards. Well, let's open these hockey cards. Yeah, so, you know, we're going to, well, I'm gonna, I'll get to Kucherov after I open these cards here. So, ah, uh, what do we got? Oh, yeah, it's these ones that don't have the, oh, well, right at the top card, the Tocket Rocket, Rick Tocket. There we go. Good start. Good start. The, yeah, these Pro Set ones are weird. They got really nice pictures, but it's like they don't have the name on the front. It was a, they definitely went with a different, uh, different type of design. Um, you know, I would give it, you know, a little cutting edge, you know, a little, little something a little different, but I kind of, I kind of like it when you have the, when you have the names in the front, Stefan Moran, Kevin Stevens. Uh, yeah, man, with a couple years there at Pittsburgh, that guy put up like video game numbers, like 50 goals in 200 minutes. Uh, oh, Dirk Graham. Great stash, didn't work much harder in the corner than, uh, than, than Dirk. Uh, some guy, I, th- I, I believe, I don't even have to look at this guy's name. I believe his name is Gretzky. There we go, old Wayner. We'll put him over there. It's always good to get Wayne. Oh, Serge Makarov. Yeah. Yeah, I will say, I can't, I can't, I've always told, I've told this story on here before. I can't shit on Makarov too much. Uh, cause I will say back in the day when he first came over and playing for Calgary in his rookie year in the hockey draft, uh, I took him as my last pick in the hockey draft and he won me the draft cause I think the dude had one rookie of the year that year with like 80 points. So, I mean, out of, out of like, you, everybody took like 12 guys and there's like, I, there was like 15 people in this draft. So you imagine everyone taking 12 guys. Yeah, it's slim, slim pickings. And if you can get an 80 point guy at the end of the draft, yeah, you're winning that thing, which I did. Igor Larionov. Oh, there you go. Who's this Bruin? I believe this is Craig Janney. Yep. Craig Janney. Softer than a freaking Disney matinee, that guy. Good player though. Oh. 
Well, this is a hell of a pack, folks. I'm telling you right now. Who's this guy? Pat Verbeek. There you go. The little ball I hate. Ton of penalty minutes. Ton of yeah. That guy put up some sweet numbers. Oh, Bobby Probert. There you go. Gretzky, Tockett, and Probert. The same pack. This is a hell of a pack. Let me tell you, Vincent. Re- oh, how 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 funny is that? Because these cards kind of stick together with the gloss. After all, well, shit. How old are these cards? Right, like twenty four years old. Uh, they're glossy. Probert's card was sticking to Riendos. That's kind of funny. If you know, you know. There you go. Good solid first pack out of the out of the gate. How can you go wrong with that? Well, now let's open these '94 Donruss. I I don't know if I've ever actually seen these cards. Uh, open something new here. I love it. Dollarama coming through. Oh, I've seen these. Well, what? It, guess who's on the top of this pack? Yeah, Rick Tockett. How about that? It's the it's the Tockett Rocket Night over here. Hey, I can't can't complain. Ooh, a little sticky on the. You gotta. Yeah, you gotta break the break the gloss up here. But there you go, Tockett. But these. Uh, but this is what, like, he played with the Penguins, and which was whatever, but, oh, he's wearing that, oh, that Yofa. Oh, what a b- bad bucket. Holy. Mark Messier. Well, he, he wasn't bad. I think he's pretty good. I will say, though, in complete honesty, I was never a Messier fan. I mean, obviously, great player and everything else. I'm not saying that, but, yeah, never a Messier guy. Keith Kachuk. There we go. Not bad. Not bad. Jeff Cortnell. All right, Adam Graves, Gravy, Un- didn't fight often, but when he did, was very solid, very solid middleweight. Brad Delgarno, wrecked by Joey Koser. Joe Riki, there you go, underrated toughness, solid, uh, solid gritty blue liner. I gotta say, Joe Riki. Fun fact was Eric Lindros's first fight. Uh, preseason game, Lindros runs him and then they fight and then Lindros ends up buckling him with an uppercut. Uh, Alexei Kovalev. Yeah, when he gave a shit, he was good. Pierre Turgeon. I think he just got elected, you know, he just got elected into the Hall of Fame. Another guy softer than a Tootsie Roll though, but great career, but soft as shit. Kevin Miller. Oh, checklist. Like I said, every kid's dream is a checklist. Johnny Van Beesbrook. There you go. Well, we got little, we got Messier, little Chuck, R- Ricky Tockett. There we go. Solid, uh, solid cards in the Dollarama tonight. I gotta say, those can go over there. Those ones will go over there. There we go. So, like I always say, hockey opening hockey cards in an audio podcast. Sorry, folks. I had the Kleenex. I was about to blow my nose. I was like, oh, that'd be real classy. Right on the air, we'll blow my nose. Um, okay. Well, finally, before we get into this list, um, yeah, Nikita Kucherov, um, who I've always thought was a fucking goof to begin with, um, got elected to the All-Star Game. Okay, and the All-Star Games, you know, what it is what it is, right? But they do the skills competition, and he... Fiddle farts through it and doesn't give a shit and has the eh, attitude and it's just you know whatever and I mean I I know it's the All Star Game and whatever and but to see the reaction online and the morning skate guys kind of put out a thing where it was just like they basically shit all over Kucherov for not caring and whatever and a bunch of people goes oh the All Star Game brah you know whatever the players don't give a shit about it and whatever. <sighs> Yeah, I get it. But at the end of the day, the skills contest, I don't know. I look back at, like, Mike Gartner and uh, and these guys that were in the fastest skater. I don't know. Were they just not giving a shit? Like, those guys, I mean, it's a 40-second it's a skills contest. Like, you can't put out an effort for 40 seconds. Like, really? I mean, the target, hardest shot, fastest skater. Like, the guys are trying, you know, whatever. But I get Kucherov's got to be too cool for school and whatever. But then I, the the funniest part about the whole thing, though, not the funniest part. It's just it's more it's more sad actually than funny. But just the eye rolling part of the whole thing, of course, is the comments towards the morning skate thing. And I've I saw a number of people shit on Kucherov, but of course social media and the replies once again as a society, our the celebrity worship is just embarrassing. And it's just, oh, we just excuse idiocy. 
And it's like, well, no one cares, bro. Yeah, do you know who, you know, I know uh, one section of group that cares. The people that paid the fucking ticket prices to go watch these yahoos. They care. They plunked down a couple hundred dollars to watch an all-star competition. You put in the effort. It's a skills contest. I mean, no one's saying you got to go through a wall, but I mean, you know, whatever drill or contest that you're in, you try. Like I said, it's for 40 seconds. And yeah, you try. Why? So all he did was he made himself look like a clown, made the Tampa Bay, made his team look like a clown, made the league look like a clown, and basically just pissed all over the paying fans. That's what he did. But of course, the bozos online, they, oh, who cares, man? Get over it, brah. You know, and all this. That, that, he isn't the problem, my guy. Oh, I love it. My guy. You sound like a fucking dolt. Yeah, because you weren't the one that dropped a couple hundred to go see this, yahoo. Hey, if you don't want to do it, say you don't want to do it and don't participate then. Oh, well, he can't, then he gets fined. Oh, I'm pretty sure he can afford the fine. It'll be okay if he doesn't want to. I'd rather him do that than just do what he just did there. I mean, and somebody said, oh, there's kids watching whatever. And somebody, oh, yeah, let's clutch the pearls and everything else. You have fan, you have young fans that are Nikita Kucherov fans. And they get ready to watch him in a skills competition, and he does that. Now, I'm not saying in the All-Star game, when they do their three-on-three, or whatever horse shit they got going now with the celebrity captains or whatever. I'm not watching it. I don't care. Well, that's okay. That's funsy-wunsy and whatever. And we can do our little Michigans and our sauce, you know, full-length sauce passes and all that shit and set up Justin Bieber and all that. Yeah, okay, whatever. You know, but in the skills contest, maybe put out a little bit of an effort. You know, come on. Well, and it wasn't like, and no one's saying, oh, it's a hundred, it's game seven of the cup and overtime effort. No one's saying that. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, you know, he's out there just, ah, like it's a Sunday skate and like purposely shitting on it. Why? Like, why bother then? But like I said, then you get all the fanboys and all the idiots in their excuse. Like again, we just excuse idiot behavior. No, he should be embarrassed and the guy's a clown. That's all I'm saying. Just a fucking clown. But once again, the celebrity worship of this society is, yeah, whatever. So to Nikita Kucherov, fuck you. There you go. But, and to everyone excusing it, fuck you. So... Oh, yes, there we go. Well, how about we get into this, uh, we'll we'll do a little sponsorship here. we got to keep the lights on, folks. Hey, hey, if you're going to be betting on the Super Bowl, just saying, Chiefs are the underdogs right now. I think I'd be taking some of that bonus sign-up money. I'm going to be dropping, I'm I'm open, I'm literally going to open an account with with my wife's name. And, uh, yeah, I'm I'm dropping the roll on the Chiefs to win this thing. We'll see. I don't know, San Francisco just hasn't looked good the last couple weeks. And, I mean, Kansas City's starting to come on a little bit. You know, and uh, Mahomes versus Purdy. Say what you want. I got Mahomes, a big money player, and uh, I, I'm thinking him and Kelsey are going to torch the torch the 49ers. That's my call. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's my call. But uh, just saying, THPN, listen to the sign up. I'll be back in a second. And now here's a word from our sponsor. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl. 58, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Yeah, guys, the uh, right now we're looking at Can- uh, DraftKings Sportsbook. The uh, Kansas City Chiefs are a two-point underdog. Started off with kind of even money, but right now minus two on Kansas City. Um, just so if you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, use the code THPN. New customers can bet five bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with the code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas... 
21, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Okay. There, get rid of these notes. And I gotta, hold on, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta click through here. I gotta get to my folder, open it up here. Okay, it's the toughest little guys in NHL history. All right. Hey, Darren, I thought you'd check out, check out this list. Uh, this was done in Fanside website. Did this a few years ago. It's the toughest little guys in hockey. Did some cut and paste. I know you like to go 10 to 1. Here, I hope you enjoy. There's some small write-ups on each guy. I think your listeners will like this list. Okay, well, let's have a look here. And like I said, folks, I have not gone through this list. I'm discovering it with you guys. So my reaction is uh, the same as yours. I'll be, uh, let's, so let's get into it. Tim, got your attention here? All right, wake up. Okay. Toughest little guys in hockey history. Number 10, Rick Rippon. Late Rick Rippon, 5'10", 185. 119 NHL games as legendary duck and chuck style with the block with his arm dropping the Goliaths of Hal Gill at six foot seven and Boris Vlavik at six foot seven. The undersized Rick Rippon did not take a backseat to anyone. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, well, hot start. I, I love me some Rick Rippon, rest in peace. Um, yeah, he, um, got to see him out here in the Western League with the Regina Pats, of course. Um, you know, obviously a really sad story that, uh, you know, I'm obviously, I'm sure everyone listening knows. Um, but yeah, he, um, yeah, the thing with Rippon that I, he, if you go back and watch his fights, he had a really, yeah, it's a shame. It's just a shame with the mental health and everything. And cause I, I, there's a guy I would have loved to have sat down and talked with. And especially, I always like when I have the, when I, when I have fighters on, I always like talking to them about the techniques. You know, do you like to come? Do you like the guy to come to you? You know, blah, 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 different techniques. And I would have loved to have talked to Rippon about the technique with his arm. Like he, like obviously he took training, whether it be MMA or boxing or whatever, or somebody, you know, they worked it out where he blocked things with his arm. Um, really effective. And, uh, go back and watch some Rippin fights, especially with this Vallebic. Go look up Rippin and Vallebic. You'll know what I'm talking about. And, uh, cause you'll see how he blocks with his arm. Um, not many guys did that. And, uh, yeah, Rippin was awesome. I love me some Rick Rippin and, uh, yeah, rest in peace, Ripper. Uh, number nine, PJ Stock, five foot nine, one hundred and eighty pounds. PJ Stock was one of the most electric fighters of all time. Toe to toe war with Stephen Pete is still talked about. Played two hundred and thirty NHL, two hundred thirty five NHL games. Um, PJ Stock was a fan favorite in Boston. Obvious, obvious. Seen around the concourse of the Stock crew. Bought uh, t-shirts. Fortune lost his uh, was lost nine American Hockey League incident. Um, yeah, PJ Stock was awesome, man. I mean. Um, undersized would go to war um i know on my channel i have some really great um american league fights when he was the first time i ever because stock was a quebec league guy so i never um i never saw him i believe he played victoriaville um i think he was like it was funny i think he was like a 60 point d man in quebec but he had like 400 minutes too um way back when i talked to stock on twitter about coming on the podcast i i should look into that again i'd love to have him on and talk and um but yeah, he, um, the first time I really saw him, I got an American Hockey League, uh, like a mixtape. And, uh, he was on there with Hartford. And, uh, he, he had a fight with Belak when Belak was in St. John with the Flames. And then he had a fight with Tyler Willis. Uh, that was Stock and Willis. Yeah, you can imagine. Um, and then, um, yeah, he just, just had some great wide open fights. I'm like, who is this guy? This guy's tremendous. Uh, and of course, then he, you know, comes up to the NHL and, um, yeah, great fights with, uh, yeah, the Pete one's awesome, Reed Lowe, I mean, Ryan Vandenbush, I mean, yeah, Stock was, I love PJ Stock, he is awesome, yeah. Number eight, the Toy Tiger, Gary Howitt, 5'9", 170, played 720 career games at 1,800 minutes, two Stanley Cups uh, with the New York Island Dynasty. Yeah, Howitt was awesome, man, I mean, you get him, Gillies, and Nystrom, I mean, what a trio that is, and um you know, I'm not going to, you know, this is much more Lazito territory than it is for me. Um, uh, I mean, I've seen the Howitt fights. Um, you know, the guy was fearless, um, definitely undersized. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and try to act like I'm some Gary Howard expert because I'm not, 
But I mean, I've seen some of his fights though. Um, yeah, man. I mean, like I said, when the Islanders took on the Flyers and, um, yeah, how it was awesome. Uh, Western League guy and, uh, you know, the Toy Tiger. What can I say? Gary Howitt. That's a, I gotta say, whoever came up with this list so far, um, the guy, I was cut and paid. I didn't really, fan side or something was the name of the site. They didn't say who wrote it or anything, but, or if it was a fan thing or what, but no, nah, I gotta say so far, can't, uh, yeah, no arguments out of this list for me. Uh, number seven, Matt Barnaby. All right. 5'11", 175, 834 career games, 2,500 minutes and six teams. Uh, Matt Barnaby, uh, obviously known for his antics and his mouth, but was not afraid to drop the gloves with anybody. No, that's true. Barnaby was, I mean, you could say whatever you want about Barnaby, and I get why people hated him. You were supposed to hate him, right? That was his role. It was his mouth, but I loved Barnaby. Uh, but he was fearless, you know, fought Grimson, fought, I oh, fought everybody. And, uh, skinny, undersized, took some beatings, but it was always one of those, it was, it was, uh, I'll say with Barnaby, um, and man, I, I got his book sitting on my, unfiltered, I've got it sitting on my shelf, I've not read it yet, I'm gonna take that on the plane with me here in a couple weeks and I'll read it. Um, it's supposed to be very good. Uh, for those that don't know, Barnaby came out, just came out with a book called Unfiltered. And you know, he ain't gonna hold back, so, and I've heard the reviews have been really positive on it. Um, but yeah, Barnaby was one of those guys, that, the one thing I've always said about Barnaby that I found frustrating with him sometimes, or he took a, like, I know he's talked about head shings and headshots and stuff. Well, I think he took a lot of needless headshots because he would stand there and basically just take it. You know, kind of, and laughing at the guy and yapping and telling the refs to stay out and they're hitting him and then, and then he'd make a big comeback. And it's like, <laughs> dude, why didn't you just start fighting at the start? Like, I mean, I know what he's trying, you know, he's doing the, getting in the guy's head and whatever, but man, he, you took a lot of extra shots that you probably didn't need to take, uh, working that style, right? But, um, no, I, I'm down with Matt Barnaby. I have nothing bad to say about Barnaby. I dig him. He's cool, man. I love them old Sabres teams. Uh, number six, Sean Avery. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Five nine one eight five 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 hundred eighty eight fifteen hundred penalty minutes. Uh, obviously, his antics are are well known from screening Matt Berdur to sloppy seconds comment. But Sean Avery would throw down when need be. Um, yeah, he would. I will say Avery did. Like I think I looked at his average. He fought every fifth game or something. He had a hundred and some career fights, I believe. Um, you know, was he some? Big huge killer, no, but I mean he would fight. Um I'm I'm not a fan of Sean Avery the character. Um I was a fan of Sean Avery the player, uh watching him play, uh just because I I liked that he would wind guys up and whatever. I didn't mind if you played like a rat as long as you fought. And the thing was Avery did fight. The thing with Barnaby is they fought. Um well, he's new age. I was going to say Marchant, but Marchant doesn't fight, right? So, but guys like that just act ratty, but then don't, like, fuck those guys. Um, you know, but these guys act like rats, but they did fight. Although I don't know if I, I don't know if I would ever call Barnaby or Avery dirty. Not, like, they were, like, yappy and would get under your skin and maybe give you a little slash behind the knees or whatever. But I don't remember them being openly, like, suspending, suspendable dirty guys, like, Oh, slew foots and head high elbows and all that shit. Maybe I'm up my ass, but I don't, I mean, I'm sure probably one of them or got, or both of them got suspended a time or two, but I don't remember watching them play and be like, oh, they're on the edge with throwing knees and all that shit. Like people call them dirty. I'm like, nah, I don't think that's the word I would use. Like, like dirty to me is like all Samuelson shit. Like that's dirty, you know, taking out guys knees and shit like that or Subban with his fucking slew foots and shit. No, that's dirty shit. I don't remember Avery and Barnaby doing shit like that. They would just yap and get under your skin. That's not being dirty. That's just, they're annoying. That's what they are. And that's what Avery was. He was annoying. Even that thing with Brodeur. He's not really doing it. He's, he's screening him. That's all he's doing. He's just being annoying. But he's not dirty. It wasn't like, oh, he went up and speared Brodeur in the nuts or anything. Like, no. So, I wouldn't call him dirty. He's just annoying. But Avery's just... He just comes across like a douchebag off the ice, you know. And I know a lot of it's a character and everything else, and I get it. Well, he was so busy playing the character of Avery, I think he talked himself right out of the league. Um, I've had guys, in the former, like, guys on the show and stuff that have talked about Avery and they don't like him. The person, Sean Avery. I've never met, so I have no personal take on it, but he comes across like a douchebag to me. Um, so, but whatever. But, um, 
he's in the Sean Avery business. So I was going to say with this list, I'm not sure if we're just, we're just throwing 10. They, like I said, there was no context of how the list was put together. Like, is it fight? Cause if it was fighting skills, I wouldn't have Avery ahead of any of these guys. Um, yeah. So I, I like, I don't know if it's a talent thing or fighting wise. I, so again, I guess, that's the one, but with this list, I'm not quite sure what the, like, if we're going by fighting ability, yeah, Avery should be number 10. Um, so I'm not, like I said, they, they kind of lift that, left that part off, I noticed in his write up. So, um, but anyway, yeah, it's been a good list so far. I mean, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I, there's, well, we'll see how it goes, but I, I could have come up with people a lot more egregious. Than, these lists have been a lot worse than Sean Avery at number six. We'll put it that way. So. What do we got here? What was that? Six, five. Hold on. I went up on the scroll here. Scroll back down. Avery, number six. Number five, Zenon Konopka. Z, 5'11", 185 pounds, has the distinction of the last man to pick up 300 penalty minutes in a season with the New York Islanders in 2010-2011. Uh, now owns Prime Wine. And, uh, yeah, played 346 NHL games. Had 1,082 penalty minutes. And is the, has the second highest winning per, face-off percentage in NHL history. Well, shit. Well, there you go. Not only could he, could he pick up penalty minutes, but he, I knew I always knew uh, Kanaka was a good face-off guy. So, but I have number two all time. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, and I, somebody told me his wine's not bad either. Uh, there you go, Z. Last man to pick up 300 penalty minutes in the NHL. There's a little bar trivia for you. Um, I love Zenon Kanopka. He's awesome. Um, I know John Morasti told that great Kanopka story on the Spit and Chiglets interview. Um, always looking to stir things up and uh, would get shit going at the at center ice with teams beforehand and uh, and everything else. I love Zenon Kanopka. Um, always thought he should have played. He should have had a better. Sh- well, like three hundred forty six games. I mean, how he never played in the NHL longer. Um, somebody, uh, you know, like Morasti said, a bunch of guys have said he. He went along, he is, uh, it was definitely will over skill, and uh, he willed himself into the NHL, into a pro NHL career, and uh, yeah, he had a great career, and I'm uh, I'm a huge Zenim Kanopka fan, and not a bad fighter, I mean, you know, was, you know, is he some heavyweight killer? No, but wouldn't back down, fought everybody, and uh, yeah, I'm down with Zenim Kanopka, cool with me, man. Number four, Stan Jonathan, there you go. Uh, five foot eight, one seventy five. Member of the Big Bad Bruins will forever be known as with his famous fight with Pierre Bouchard. Had a couple twenty goal seasons. The Don Cherry led lunch pail gang. Yeah, Stan Jonathan, man. Um, I think Don Cherry said toughest guy you ever saw. He got a twelve stitch cut and didn't didn't bleed. Um, yeah, the fight with Bouchard. I actually I just put a picture of that. It's funny. I put a picture of today. I posted that picture on Twitter. The overhead shot of him and Bouchard. That famous fight. Um. Hockey Night in Canada fight. I mean, it was, uh, so it's obviously lived in lore. I laughed because some guy replied like, oh yeah, Jonathan beat the wheels off of him. And it's like, well, he didn't though. If you go and watch the fight with Bouchard, it's a great fight. They're going toe to toe. And then as soon as Jonathan switches to the left, he catches Bouchard on the, on the nose and they go down and he breaks his nose. And, uh, you know, and Bouchard, of course, is bleeding all over the ice and everything. And that's the spin. It's all over the ref and everything. So it's the, it's the, um, the spectacle of it, right? But Jonathan did not beat the wheels off Pierre Bouchard. No, it was a good toe-to-toe bout. But but Jonathan was a tough guy, man. And uh, yeah, toe-to-toe, undersized guy. And uh, yeah, you had him and O'Reilly and Winsick and Cashman and all and Secord and them. Jeez, yeah. And uh, you know, unfortunately, couldn't win the Stanley Cup. You know, I always it was too bad Cherry and them couldn't have won one. But uh, came close a few times. But uh, but yeah, Stan Jonathan, man, there you go. That well, I don't know who number. Well, I kind of have a feeling I know who number one is, and that's probably correct. I would probably do the same thing, but I would. I'd have Jonathan at two, I think. Maybe. Well, we'll see who's on the rest. Of, I can't. Uh, we'll see who's on this list after. But I'm trying to think uh, undersized guys. But yeah, they don't get much tougher than Stan Jonathan. Uh, number three, ah, oh, Wendell Clark. There you go, five ten, one eighty five, captain. Mr. Captain for the Toronto Maple Leafs, 793 games, 1,690 minutes. Former first overall pick in 1985 was a, is a hero in Toronto and is a jersey retired. Yeah, Wendell Clark, man. Um, Captain Crunch, uh, of course, being from Saskatchewan here. He's playing playing for the Saskatoon Blades. He's a hero here in Saskatoon and one of my favorite players of all time. And 
Yeah, man, undersized, but guy hit like a truck. Uh, play, you know, well, that's why he had the injuries that he had. Yeah, he like I've said with Wendell Clark, the guy, the guy played middle linebacker in the NHL. And when you're a buck eighty five, you're not going to last long. But uh, gutted it out for seven hundred games and uh, best wrist shot I've ever seen. Uh, played defense with the Saskatoon Blades of all things. Once he, that's a ballsy pick, man. The guy's a D man. You draft him first overall and move him to forward. Maybe that's why Toronto was so bad in the mid-80s for moves. Although it turned out in, the, in Clark's case, he ended up with like 30-some goals his first year. Uh, so maybe that was a good move. But uh, yeah, I don't know if we're going to draft this guy. He's a D-man. We'll pick him first overall. When he gets to camp, make him a winger. What? You know, okay. But uh, yeah, well, I got to say, I got to give him credit. They were right in this case. Um, but yeah, man, uh, love me some Wendell Clark. I could, Yeah, definitely. I could, he belongs in, on the upper part of this list without a doubt. Uh, number two, Dale Hunter. Uh, okay. Um, 510, 190. Uh, yeah, played 1,400 games at 1,000 points in his second all-time with 3,500 penalty minutes. Uh, infamously known for Pierre Turgeon on 21-game suspension in 1993. Um, yeah. Um, again, I guess... If the list came down to, if it was like, oh, the best fighting small guys, I wouldn't have Dale Hunter in front of that number two. Um, Dale Hunter, though, in terms of like air quote, just outright toughness, gritty. Yeah, he definitely deserves to be on this list. I was never a Hunter fan, but, you know, come on. Second all time in penalty minutes, 1,000 points. Um, big game Hunter, man. He uh, He's a guy you want on your team. Captain, gritty, uh, you know, all the... You know, all, all the descriptive words that you can use. Um, yeah, I mean, the hit on Turgeon was bullshit, without a doubt. And it was, you know, uh, there's, I, every, what, I'm not a Turgeon guy or anything like that, but I can't excuse it. It was horse shit. It was a gutless hit. Guy had his arms up, whatever, and, eh, you know. But, um, no, I'm not saying, oh, he's been banned for life or anything. I'm not saying that, but I, I didn't have a problem with them giving him 21 games either. Um the thing with that is, like I've always said with Hunter and guys like that, um, you know, guy at a thousand points. I mean, he was the guy that you wanted. He wasn't some fourth line two shift dummy. No, he was a regular guy, regular power play guy and everything else. He's a great player, skill wise. I mean, he needed the grit. That was his game, was edgy and that stuff. But 21 game suspension, that's not helping anybody. And, you know, you're hurting your team. And that was just, yeah, it wasn't good. And it was just, yeah, it was a selfish play. And, um, you know, but regardless of all that, um, you know what I, you know what I know, I know he fought a hundred and some times and everything else, but I don't really recall some real any really great Dale Hunter fights. To be completely honest, I, I, I don't have a Dale Hunter player DVD or I know he had a couple battle of, when he was at the Nordiques in Montreal. You know, the Battle of Quebec and all that, and you know the jersey ripped off. I have a really cool picture of his jersey ripped off. It's kind of like an iconic shot, but. Um, yeah, I mean, if somebody said, hey, what, what's a classic Dale Hunter toe-to-toe battle? I'm like, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I really don't know. Um, maybe I should do that after. I should look up, because I think I've said that before on this show. Like, I couldn't really name you a lot of Dale Hunter toe-to-toe battles. Maybe I should go into YouTube and look him up. I mean, like I said, the guy fought. I'm not saying he never fought, because he did. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, but Dale Hunter, there you go. Um yeah, again, I guess the criteria, it would have been better if the criteria was outlined of how they were doing this list. If it was all a top 10 fighter list of small guys, I, I probably actually wouldn't have Hunter on the list. Um, but if it's just like tough, gritty, well, yeah, I definitely would. So, eh, there you go. Dale Hunter, number two. So, number one, who, who do you think? I, I'm assuming, let's see, number, yeah, okay, tied only. Yeah, that's who I would have, number one. Five, nine, 200 pounds, uh... 1,020 games, had 3,500 penalty minutes. Uh, he is the all-time fighting majors leader. Um, yeah, I mean, there you go. Dude fought everybody, all-time fight leader. Um, bowling ball for a head. You know, he had the, had the spin cycle going. Um, get them lefts going and everything. You know, of course, the iconic fights with Probert, Rob Ray. Um, I I was I I can honestly say when he was with the Rangers when he first came up I'm like who is this cl-? I never liked him I'm like who is this guy doing the belt thing and the speed bag thing like no one had really done that before that I can remember there was a few guys maybe yelled or did whatever but Tiger Williams was always kind of a showman and stuff but 
Um, but the whole belt thing, speed bag, I've never seen anybody do any of that before. And it was like, so junior B-ish, right? And we're like, who is this clown? At the same time, it was kind of funny, but it was just like, but he's doing it after he's like losing and shit. And I was just like, oh, this guy's a goof. Um, when he went to Winnipeg and I started watching him more, he kind of grew on me and I'm like, yeah, you know what? This guy ain't bad. And then when he got to Toronto and you know, he kind of, and then he's really running shotgun with Sundin and, uh, you know, those leaf games, of course, hockey night Canada were always on. And I was getting a lot more into the fight DVDs and tapes at that time. So I saw a lot more of his stuff and I, you know, I became a fan and I'm a Ty Domi fan. I am. And, uh, like I said, iconic wars with Rob Ray and Probert and, for a guy that was his size to take on everybody did for the longevity that he had. Like you go back, like most guys that fight that much towards the end, they fade away. Domi was strong to the end and was productive until he, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe thing with Domi, I always with, with Domi with his size and stuff, like he would duck away, take the shots, come back, spin around. Um, I mean, if you're old win loss and whatever, I, I always looked at Domi, like a lot of his stuff were like draws. Like, he'd take a few, he'd be laughing throughout the fight, then he'd come back with a wing and left punt. You know what I'm saying? He'd duck away and come back with the left. and um, You know, so... But did did he ever really get outright smoked? Not very often. I mean, he took, you know, McGrath and got him, and Shane Court, Grant Marshall. You know, a couple, you know, little flash knockdowns, but he was never knocked out and looking at the lights or anything, and... Um, didn't bleed very often, you know, like I said, bowling ball head could take the punches. And for a guy, his, imagine tied only a six foot three. It's a scary thought, man. But, um, yeah, I can't, I can't argue with tied only being number one on this list. I've, if somebody gave me this list and said, you got to come, I, I would probably have Domi at number one as well. Um, yeah, I probably would. I'd have him ahead of Clark and stuff like that. I think it's just because his longevity, his fight card was better than Clark's. Um, yeah, all these guys, I look at it. Yeah, Jonathan Howard. Yeah, yeah, I would have Domi at number one for sure. Um, oh, sorry, they should. I should have put this at the top. This is their honorable mentions list. Uh, honorable mentions. Uh, George McPhee. Dennis Polonich, Kevin Kaminsky, Dennis Bond, Terry Ruskowski, Pat Verbeek, Chris Jellios. Um, I don't know about Verbeek and Jellios. Um, I mean, but again, they, I mean, they played tough and more physical guys. I mean, I, again, are we going by fighting ability? If it's fighting ability, I'm not putting them anywhere near this list. Honorable mention or not. Uh, McPhee for sure. Kaminsky. Um, Kevin Kaminsky, again, gritty guy. If, if, if fearless would fight everybody. I mean, you know, was he the greatest fighter? No, but he was certainly like, did not give a shit. Uh, Bonvi, yeah, all-time American, well, he's all-time professional hockey penalty minute guy. Bonvi would fight everybody, uh, fearless. Um, actually, Bonvi could have been on this list. He probably played enough NHL games. Um, actually, Bonvi probably played more NHL games than Rippin did, I bet. Um, yeah. Um, George McPhee, again, another guy out of college, undersized guy, had some great fights. Um, you know, didn't play long, but I know Nick out there is like, damn right, you know. Um, but yeah, um, no, that that's a fun list, man. That was cool. Uh, thank you very much for sending that to me. I can't, ah, you know what, honestly, I can't shit on that list. I really can't. I mean, you know, you could, you could, you know, mix up the order a little bit and whatever. And But overall, eh, we've done worse lists on this show, I got to say. So can't, can't say too much about that list. That's all right. I got to say, all right. Um... Anyway, folks, there we go. There is your uh, episode 357 for you. Um, thank you very much. Uh, hey, if you happen to be on, I didn't say this earlier, uh, but if you're on social media, give me a follow. I'm on Facebook at Fourth Line Voice, uh, as well as Twitter, X, whatever, uh, Fourth Line Voice there, and on Instagram, Fourth Line Voice THPN on Instagram. I'm get, just still trying to get into the gram. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not, I, I'm, having, I'm having trouble with Instagram, folks. I'm not a, I'm not a fan. Can't say I'm a fan. Also, uh, please subscribe to my, my uh, YouTube channel, Fourth Line Voice. I have over 2,500 fights on there from all the different leagues. Uh, give it a shot. Check it out. Subscribe. Hit the, if you watch a video and you enjoy it, hit the like button. Also, if you happen to be listening to this episode, well, it's too late now, but in the future, if you come back, decide to come back, uh, please download. Don't stream. That's how we get paid is by the download. 
And uh, please leave a review. iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to it. If you could review the show or, the, or just even the star rating, if you could rate it with the stars, um, it helps in the algorithms. Not only myself, but Joe and Alec, whatever podcast you listen to, it really helps out the creator. And um, yeah, if you could, because it, uh, you know, when you listen to a show and then if you like that show, you might like these shows that give you suggestions. That's how we get into the suggestions is by the number of reviews and ratings that we get. Same with YouTube. You know, when you're watching a video and on the side it says related videos, um, yeah, that's how you get there, by liking our videos. So uh, as you, as listeners and viewers and stuff, that's the one little thing that you can do uh, for for your creator um, is the little thing. I know, it's, oh, hit the like button, subscribe. Everybody says it. No, yeah, yeah. No, but it's true. If you could do that, that would be great. So there we go, folks. Again, thank you very much for listening to the uh, show. I please encourage you to check out the back catalog if you're new here. And um, yeah. We do it every Wednesday and Sunday, or at least we're trying to anyway. Those are usually, uh, like I said, as my schedule kind of straightens out here, um, that's that's what I do, Wednesday and Sunday episodes. And uh, and like I, like I always say, I know there's there's hundreds and hundreds of hockey podcasts out there. Um, the fact that you chose to listen to mine and take time out of your day to do so, I really appreciate it. I really do. And I know we joke about it on here and, you know, I have fun and all that stuff and and everything, and, and give people the gears on social media, but no, I really do appreciate you guys listening, I love the feedback, uh, please, my DMs are open, as the kids say, drop me a line, good, bad, or otherwise, let me know what you're, how you're feeling, uh, if you're not on social media, you're smarter than the rest of us, but you can email me, hockeyfights at hotmail.com, yeah, send me an email, I'd love to hear from you, uh, whether you just have a fight story, or you want to share a picture, and uh, some hockey card stories, or whatever, hey, I'd love to hear from the listeners, it's, uh, you got... That's why I'm doing this. That's why I'm sitting in my basement on a Sunday night staring out in the darkness and yelling into my little microphone here is uh, to share with you guys. So thanks, guys, for tuning in. And, uh, hey, we'll talk to you Wednesday. Let's have a good start to the work week. Let's attack it and uh, talk to you guys soon. Thanks, everybody. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?